Hello and welcome to Forward, a podcast all about moving forward in the direction of our dreams. I am your host, Lydia Morales. So whether you are running, stumbling, or crawling forward, I am here for you. We're going to figure it out together and do amazing things. And make sure you sign up for my newsletter so you can get notified when a new episode airs and you'll get live updates and behind the scenes with me every week. And I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode on Forward. I have an amazing guest for you today, Kim Yolari, an integrative mind-body coach and business mentor. Hi Kim, how are you? Hi, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Of course, I'm so happy for you to be here and you've been doing some really incredible things with your business and with the people that you've been helping and you have a book. So why don't we just dive in and you can just share a quick overview as to what you do and what your business and life looks like right now. All right. So I'll just start off with my personal. I live in Louisiana. I have five children, 12 grandbabies, been married for 34 years. And when I had little kids at home, it was a bit challenging and I needed to go to work. So it was mentally challenging, not having a a place to personally express And it was financially challenging having so many kids and no resources. Like, Mm -hmm. so our start was right after, um, like our marriage first started our relationship, we had a house that burnt. And so it was like, we kind of started from scratch with these kids and that financial challenge within itself was a big motivator to get me out of the house, making money so that I had more options of things to do with the kids for one thing, because there wasn't a lot to do in rural Louisiana. And they kind of drove me crazy. It was like (laughs) a lot of noise and a lot of fighting. And it was testing my nerves, I would say. And I was young. I was a very young mom. Mm -hmm. And finding an outlet, creative outlet, I really believe saved my life. So that's how my business venture got started. I, when my baby was going to kindergarten, I went to cosmetology school. And I came out um, and started working right away, but I, and I was pregnant. So I was like seven months pregnant whenever I started. So I had five kids by this time and it was a job or a career that I could work when I wanted to work and then make the kids games, you know, be home. My husband was working shift work. So it fit perfectly for a new mom. And I would, turned out I made like really good money. And <laughs> so there began my love for business. Mm-hmm. I got all of my worthiness and feel goods from clients being happy. Oh. You know, it was just so rewarding because at home you're just kind of trying, I mean, I was pretty much running the house like a military, like trying to get everybody fed and in bed and taking baths and, you know, keeping keeping everyone quiet while my husband was sleeping and, you know, all of this stuff. So it was like very stressful, mm-hmm. but going to work was fun. I was doing nails and hair and tanning and visiting with the ladies. Eventually, I opened, I, uh, I started with ladies fitness and then I opened another location and then I brought in a boutique. So it was like fun. Yeah. And, and I was, I was able to travel, you know, I had the excuse of, I had to go to market. I needed to get CEs. I needed to do all of these other things by this time. And so I had so much satisfaction from what I got working with other individuals in business, the relationships that I built, the like I'm saying, the worthiness and the gratitude um, when they wanted their hair and nails done, that appreciation, I was like missing that appreciation. And Mm -hmm. so it filled a void. And then I kind of went through the entrepreneur roller coaster 
mm-hmm. which is overdoing, undercharging, overgiving, and made myself sick. And after several surgeries and diagnosis and a few years of medication, mm-hmm. I went on a journey to heal myself. And so that's where the mind body coaching came in is I was healthy. I had a gym, I had a business, I had kids, I had money. Like there was no reason for this yet. I was like removing my sixth organ, you know, after like just having surgeries and diagnosis and medications. And and I was like, what is going on here? And I had a moment in time where I realized that I was getting all of my worthiness, all of my validation or everything from what I was getting from clients. So I didn't know how to say no. I was completely addicted to serving and getting and doing, and I'd completely bypassed the, um, the emotional stuff and the mental stuff from childhood, you know, the unresolved traumas. I had just kind of skirted my way around it and had become something completely opposite. And I was listening to Louise Hay. I was reading a lot of books. I was, I was always a self-studier and I started connecting the dots when it was the thyroids and the throat and how the organs connected metaphysically to the mental and emotional stuff. And I was like, starting to catch on to the dates and times that these diagnoses had happened and what I was experiencing in my personal life, especially overcoming codependency and people pleasing and overworking and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. Yeah. You know, and I started noticing with my clients, my hair, nails, um, fitness clients, it it was really big in the gym because they were start a workout routine. As you know, most of us, like we are gung ho. And then we get to a point where we're really excited and we're doing good and we're losing the weight and we're feeling like we've got a routine going, but the environment at home is not so supportive of that. Like, oh, you're changing and it's all about you. And you, you know, I have to do this for you to do that. And then I would lose my clients. And I was like, what's going on here? And I started putting the pieces together and I saw an ad. I was on my sixth foot surgery, I think at this time. So I was laid up in bed on Facebook and I saw an ad to become a health coach. Mm-hmm. because I was like thinking, oh, that's the answer. I'm going to connect the dots because they start working out and then they have plantar fasciitis. Then they have knee trouble. Then they have shoulder trouble. Then, so they would, they kept quitting, you know, they wouldn't stay. And so I was going to fix that. <laughs> so <laughs> thought becoming a health coach was going to like solve for that problem. Mm-hmm. But again, it didn't solve for the mental and emotional stuff that was going on. And I just continued that same path, I became a massage therapist, a yoga teacher. I actually became a yoga teacher because I couldn't exercise anymore because my feet, my my doctor had taken me off of any weight bearing activity. And I was like, like, I'm going to mentally die. Exercise is like, what's keeping me alive, you know, like mentally there. I, I just, and so I went to, I would go and do private yoga, but it was like three hours for me to get there, do a class, come back. It was $85. I was like, this is insane. <laughs> so I signed up for yoga teacher training, thinking I was going to, this was going to be the the next answer. Mm-hmm. And I started meditation and yoga. I started understanding the mind body connection. I started seeing how it was physically showing up and connecting the dots with my clients and what was going on in their personal lives, what was going on from their past that they were bringing into the future. And I, I mean, it just, kept evolving. 
And as I became a massage therapist and I started doing craniosacral and Thai yoga, got into the metaphysics, really started working with energy and the subtle body and things started shifting and changing in their sessions. And I was like, that was intriguing. I got really called in Mm -hmm. or pulled in, not sure which one you want to call it. Yeah. And that's when I recognized how many other entrepreneurs were dealing with physical conditions that were actually coming from challenges, imposter syndrome, fears, and doubts and concerns of the past. And it was physically showing up in the body because the the brain creates it to keep us safe. And that's where my my path to teaching other health and wellness pra- practitioners about this. I created a process. I wrote a book. I started teaching it to my coaching clients. And then I, I did a, a mind body, advanced mind body coach certification where I actually, or training where I actually train them. And once they got that and saw the results, then they needed business training. So that's mm-hmm. what led me into also having e-school, which is business strategy training for healing focused entrepreneurs, because you don't get business school as a massage therapist, as a hairdresser, as a yoga teacher, as a hypnotherapist. I also did hypnotherapy (laughs) as a um, massage. None of those, none of those came with instruction manuals. You get a certification. Here's your piece of paper, put it on the wall, tell everyone how amazing you are and good luck. And so I set on a journey to change that, to change the industry. Because mm-hmm. we go from these million dollar marketers who know exactly how to manipulate, how to hypnotize the audience, the things to say to get the high dollar coaching, and then not the service. And then we have these healers or these massage therapists or coaches or practitioners who got into medicine or what whatever their avenue is in order to help people. And they don't know how to market and promote themselves. And they're too darn scared to charge. Mm-hmm. Because they've got their own mental limitations. And so I was like, I'm going to leverage the playing field between the million dollar marketers and the healing focused entrepreneurs. And I know exactly how to do it. Wow. There's my spiel. Did I do that in 10 minutes? No. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. Oh my God. Just the resilience in everything that you've been doing, like getting sick and all your surgeries and still finding a way to not only move forward, but to figure out like what is going on and then finding the solution and then bringing other people along with you. Like that is amazing. And it is an incredible story. And what do you find is um, the biggest struggle with that mind and body? Lack of awareness is the first one. Indoctrination is the Mm -hmm. second one. So we've been indoctrinated too, but like the reason that, I really couldn't get the help that I was seeking is because our medical community is not trained in the emotional body, like what's happening on a physical level that's coming from our mental and emotional self, from our beliefs, from feelings buried alive, never die. Mm -hmm. So we have these childhood experiences and I'm going to put together all of my trainings here. And this is why I call it integrative mind body coaching. Mm-hmm. I integrated all of my experiences from, from my childhood, from being a mother, from being a wife, from breaking the people pleasing cycle, all the way to the unresolved traumas that were still dormant in my body. And so mindset takes care of the way that you think, right? So we can go to psychiatry for that. We can go like into the whole mental field. Mm-hmm. And then we go to a medical doctor or the medical community for the physical body. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And then for the spiritual health or wellness, we go to religion, we go to churches, we go to the gurus, the, the sanghas, you know, whatever, whatever that prayer circle is for there. But there's no one discussing even the emotional body. Like, where do we go for these unresolved emotions that haven't been integrated? So we have past experiences with lodged triggers in our system. So in yoga teacher training, we would call this a samskara. Mm -hmm. A samskara is an emotional scar in the cellular system, like in the, your neurology, like in, in, in the core of who you are. Mm -hmm. And then there will be an experience that happens here today. Maybe it's someone flipping you off or cutting you off or your husband telling you something that's not kind. Mm -hmm. And then you have this sensation that comes up in the body, but it's not necessarily from that incident. It's like, you'll say things like, I don't know why it pisses me off so much. Mm -hmm. I don't know why she gets under my skin. I just can't handle that person. There's something inside of us that still has a truth according to that accusation that is unresolved. And so when we can integrate and emotionally process and then embody the new way of being and doing it on a conscious level, that's when we can create a new identity. And that's when we can move forward without the triggers constantly stopping us. Yeah. So when a new entrepreneur or business owner, whether it's a hairdresser or a coach or a massage therapist, their biggest fear is being rejected, being made fun of, being put down, failing, right? So, So what happens when they go to post or make the offer? When you, when you put a mic in your hand and you do public speaking, what's the first thing that happens? It's a catalyst for all of the unresolved stuff to come up. And then you have a thought about it, which creates a sensation in the body. And then the nervous system is activated and now you're frozen. It's mental paralysis and you can't move forward. And so when we can integrate these unresolved issues, especially if it's emotional samskara's imprints in the system, it's not logical. You cannot understand this. Mm Mm-hmm. All you know is I'm having these crazy sensations and anxiety and nervousness and I freeze up and my tongue is tied and I slip on my words and da, 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 right? all that. That's all. That. And so because the neurology is like activated on all levels, the nervous system is on fire and in protection mode. You've got all these organs doing their thing and you don't have access to the frontal cortex, which is what helps you make the decisions and speak clearly and problem solve. Yet people think it's a personal thing. It's not personal. It's understanding the way the brain works, the way the mind works, the way the body works, the way energy around you works, the way things are triggered inside of you. That, that, what is it like? I I can't think of the word I want to say that like triggers these effects. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then because we have an underlying issue of unworthiness, we instantly go to that and blame ourselves because what, what happened when we were kids and we didn't get it done? What were we called? What were we told? Mm -hmm. That shit's still inside of us because it hasn't been resolved. It hasn't been integrated. So when we were kids and we're told something for not doing our homework, for not making the right pay for breaking something, what were we told? Mm. All the negative things, right? Yeah. So when we go to do the thing in business and we can't do it, what's that? What's the inner dialogue? What are we telling ourselves? The same thing. The same things. Wow. And then who do we marry? 
And who do we go to work for? And who are we attracted to? Mm-hmm. What's the common denominator? The belief. Yeah. And then we want we don't understand why we can't get out of it, why we can't change it. Mm-hmm. And so if you can integrate the unprocessed emotions as you don't have to go digging for it. I believe there's an addiction to healing where people go and they want to do all this other past. We don't have to do that. I promise you when you take the next step, when you take the next challenging thing, it'll come right up to the surface for you. You don't have to go looking for it. (laughs) As soon as you go to do the thing, and the nervousness and the anxiety and the heat and the, all the stuff that comes up. Mm-hmm. If you had a simple approach that you can do within like three minutes or less to get out of it and then to keep moving forward, that's all that's required to change this. Because we didn't have the tools as children to feel the negative emotion. Mm-hmm. And so we did what we could do which was to hide it, to swallow it, to avoid it, to pretend it wasn't so. Mm -hmm. And that's when it, it was buried into the body. Wow. Think about if you, if you take in toxic, a toxic environment, your fat cells protect you. It takes on all the toxins. So it doesn't go into your organs. What? So think about this from the negative perspective, right? It, it, it protects you. Like our bodies are so brilliant. They hold a temperature, whether it's hot or cold outside, they hold and regulate a temperature. How brilliant is that? So you have these experiences from childhood that have these triggers that are unresolved. And then there's a catalyst, an opportunity. It comes up again. And you go to the childlike behavior, which is to fight, to check out, to most people just shut down and go in and give up and resolve. Because if you did stand up and speak out, what happened? So the mind has that memory. Am I losing you or are you with me? No, I'm with you. So fascinating, right? Yeah. So- The integrative mind-body approach is understanding the disconnect, integrate, and then you can embody the new belief. The problem with the mindset world and all of this, the the law of attraction stuff is they don't put the how in it. And so I was on a mission to figure it out. And that's where I got the book from. How did I figure out to how, how to want to live? I didn't want to live, but I had to. And so if I can figure this out, like, how did I succeed at business? How did I raise five children? Like successfully, how did I stay married for 34 years? How did, like, how did I do what I did? How did I go from homeless to this position? How did that happen? And if you ask great questions, you'll get great answers. And so I was like, what did I do first? And then what did I do about that? And then what did I do next? And then what? And I found what was missing. You can't just change your thoughts. It's more than mindset. Mm. It's in the body. It's in neurology. So I actually help people access change through the body instead of ignoring the body. Wow. It all shows up. The physical body Mm -hmm. is the subconscious mind. The thing is, when we're talking to business owners Mm -hmm. or 
um, someone who's doing something new and different in the world, the mind is going to remind us of all the things that can go wrong. It's like a projector to mm-hmm. what has been. Got it? Yeah. And then it's an imagination to the worst case scenario, but it hasn't been trained to look at what else is possible. That's the best case scenario. And so we have to train our mind. And then the body has to acclimate to this new state of being. Mm-hmm. It works together. So just changing your thoughts. I'm a millionaire. I'm amazing. I am skinny. Everyone loves me. And we don't believe it. Our body's like, you bullshitting. <laughs> and then subconsciously, the, like the, the unconscious and subconscious is always proving the conscious correct. And so consciously, we really don't believe it because we've seen opposite, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a mix, but you you almost have to be able to see it from layers. Like the uncon, what is unconscious? What is unavailable? That's happening within our psyche, right? That's happening within our neurology, within our within ourselves. Mm-hmm. If we were children and it happens before we had the tools to process or understand it, then it just got repressed without our awareness. And then as you got older and you recognized that it was shameful or that it was scary or that then you purposely suppressed it, that is still there. You're still suppressing it. As soon as you begin to feel it, you push it back down. Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel it. It's unsafe to feel it. And then we bypass and we pretend. Pretending and perfection never work to know that you're hiding, but you're aware of it. You're conscious that you're suppressing it on the subconscious level. And then you have awareness, which Mm -hmm. is the things that you see and that you can relate to and that you fully understand. So it's layers of stuff. And so changing your thought or recognizing that you have negative thought pattern is the first step. We have to first recognize that we're victims of our life. We're victims of the world. We're victims of our parents, of our relationships, of the crap that has happened to us. We first have to recognize that we, at some point in some state of way of being, is that we are victims and we have victim mentality. Poor flipping me. Until you recognize that Mm -hmm. and allow it to be, you actually can't change it. So don't deny it experience it while you're creating this new muscle, building up this new muscle, this new resiliency Mm -hmm. as you're shifting into the new. Does that make sense? So many people try to bypass this and pretend. And that's why imposter syndrome is so big for entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. There's a fight between the conscious and the unconscious. That is is crazy. Hmm. And when that fight is going, it's just, it makes it harder for us to move forward, right? Because we're holding ourselves back in a sense. Would that be? Well, the way that the mind works is the mind is focused on what's at hand. And when you're focused on what's at hand or what you're resisting, then you're actually not in the law of attraction. You're actually, I mean, you're in the law of attraction. You're actually creating more of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the part that most people skip. I call this the flaw of attraction. I actually have a, a show <laughs> called that and a product. The flaw of attraction is that pretending when it when it isn't so, and then still focusing on being caught or someone finding out or like not like the resistance is what the focus is on because the mind is actively resisting. Mm. It's mm. not actively creating something else. 
because it's not focused on something else. It's focused on prevention. It's focused on resistance. Mm -hmm. The mind can't carry two conflicting beliefs at the same time. That's why there's dissonance. Which one is true? Which one do you want to be true? Which one do you focus on? But have awareness that this is existing while you're choosing to focus on the other. Mm -hmm. Don't deny it. Don't avoid it. Like, yeah, I was a victim. I didn't know better. My parents didn't know better. It's all we knew. It's all we had. I didn't have to feel. What you talking about? Feel. I got slapped for feeling. <sighs> right? Now you're telling me I need to feel in order to create? Well, most humans have turned their feelings off. It's not safe to feel. They've avoided, they've neglected, they've shut them down. They don't want to look stupid or sappy or whatever the thing is that they were told. It was very inconvenient for a child to be emotional and still is today. Hmm. So who's training them to be that way? See what I'm saying? They're not learning that. That's not learned. That, that's not like, we, we don't come into this world hating our bodies. We come in this world butt-ass naked with our legs wide open, <laughs> pissing all over the place. Like we have no shame about that, right? We don't know to hide the food that's on our face or that we, we don't, we're not ashamed to ask for what we want. We're taught, we're taught that. We're taught that we're not good enough to be, that we should be ashamed of what, what it is we are or we're doing or whatever that is. We're that's all learned behavior. Prejudiceness. We're taught that. How would we know that as a child? Oh. That's the indoctrination part. We've been indoctrinated to believe the way that we believe. And then we hold on to it for dear life. We start covering up. We start hiding. We start making it easy to be in that environment. And then we, we hide all that we are so that we don't get called out. So we don't feel uncomfortable. So we don't get slapped around. So we don't get told off. And then we become adults. Our body grows into an adult body. I should say we're basically adult bodies with baby brains, <laughs> baby behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Immature. Just look at social media. Have you ever really looked at the comments on social media? It's a bunch of kids ranting and raving and not feeling and resisting and wanting to be right. So we have these adult bodies that makes it look like they're adult, but then they don't know how to have adult relationships. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to be transparent. They don't know how to be open and honest. All they know is how do I need to behave in order to be friends with you? How do I need to act? What do I need to do? What do I need to wear? Because that's what we've been taught. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, you want to be a business owner. <laughs> They're like, go out there and be authentic. Just be yourself. Just be real. No one will like you if you're... It's. Do you see what I'm saying? It's such a shit show. Yes. It's confusing. <clears throat> And then you have these coaches screaming at the stages, you can be a million dollar coach. If I can do it, you can do it. Anybody can do it. I came from sleeping in my car to having a mansion. You must be, there must be something wrong with you. If you can't, all you have to do is invest your life savings and you can do it too, right? But they're not mentioning the, the part about how the people who got on the stage got on the stage. They're missing 
that part where they had to do the personal growth, where they had to do the stuff they didn't want to do, where maybe they had to work at Target or Starbucks or babysit for $20 a day or whatever it was. They're missing that part. And they're making it look like if you come and get this certification, you can have it too. But they're not mentioning, oh, well, by the way, they were a doctor before they came to become a coach. Or they were already a six-figure earner. They were already in business. They were already a lawyer. They were already, they they forget that part. And so they're talking to lay people, convincing them to spend tons of money, saying anybody can do it. They're going to be a millionaire if they just learned this tool and learned and they could do exactly what those other people are doing. And it's a lie. Mm-hmm. You didn't go to medical school. You didn't go to eight years of college. You didn't raise a family of five kids. You did like all of that happened before the certification. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a disservice. And that's where the judgment and comparison comes from is there's the new business owner who hasn't made $50,000 yet. And they're supposed to pretend that they're a millionaire. Mm-hmm. It's a problem. I'm first of all, what's wrong with $50,000. That's where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with doing what you love and making 50,000? Why does it need to be 5 million? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. It's hard enough to get to your first 5, 10, 25, 50. And it's okay to do it sloppy. It's not going to look perfect because you're just like your podcast. It's our first podcast are not going to look good. Mm-hmm. Our first branding is not going to look good. Our first programs are not going to look good. But there's that measurement, that judgment and comparison that put down the cruelty so hard. So I'm bound and determined to create a platform that healing focused entrepreneurs can learn and train and grow and evolve and contribute Mm -hmm. because I couldn't get in. I would, I just wanted to go out and serve. I would have gladly done it on someone else's, whatever their um, thing was, their platform was. Mm -hmm. It's almost, maybe I'm a little too real or too honest. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's not, you, if you can't play the part, then you kind of can't be in the club. Mm-hmm. And so that happened over and over and over. And so it was like, okay, God, I guess I just got to create my own shit. Like, here we go. Yeah. You can cut out all my bad words, by the way. I am so Cajun. <laughs> no, those are, those are gold. I'm keeping them. <laughs> oh yeah. God. So, so I am on a mission to help healing focused entrepreneurs make six figures and beyond so they can create more impact and do it in a community where they're not doing it alone. And I think that is incredible. And from my perspective, it's so hard to find that space, that community where you don't have to go it alone. I mean, we try to be very optimistic, but the world can be very toxic. Yeah. And to have that safe space that you're providing, that's incredible. And with you there and, and and with your willingness to just help others, it is like you're doing such an amazing service to this world because we need more of this. We Thank you. It. It's very selfish. <laughs> it's very <laughs> selfish. Once you get to that, I've succeeded. I knew how to do this. It's really lonely. It's, it's you it, like if there is anyone who is turning you down and not wanting to help you be better, it's because they're not better yet. When you find someone who truly succeeds and truly understands, they want everyone else there too. I promise you. Mm -hmm. 
And that's what I kept running into as I was getting in communities were seeing me as competition rather than collaborators. And it was like, I'm going to take something. I'm not here to take something. I'm here to contribute. Just like getting on this. I was like, I'm going to get on 50 shows this year. I want to contribute. I want to, it, it's, it's selfish. It feels good to me to be heard. It feels good to me to bring some sort of inspiration to the world. I can't really motivate people to do anything else, but I can inspire them that it's possible. But I can't like set their alarm and pull them out of bed. I tried that. I tried it for years. I cannot do it. It's not possible. So what you can do is inspire and be the example of possibility. That's it. That's all I got. Now we have the tools for how to do a business. I don't have anything to hide. First of all, if anybody's hiding it, stupid on them because it's always changing. So you don't have to hide it. You just got to stay above it. Mm -hmm. give it to them as you're moving along. But what most of is happening in the million dollar coaching industry, they're selling the stuff that used to work when it no longer works so that they can get more money so that they can get more of their end game so that they can market that. It's so annoying. I have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in this. Wow. And that's not the way to go. Well, I needed it. I needed it so I can be confident and stand firm and not have imposter syndrome and be clean about what I'm saying because I have the receipts that I've done it and I know it's in the containers and I know how to do it differently because the healing focused entrepreneur is different. They're not money motivated. They're result driven. Mm. And that is different. Mm -hmm. They're soul guided and Soul doesn't really work in the bank system. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and so I have to teach them with being okay with money mm-hmm. that they actually can't help anyone unless they learn to receive money. And that, so the healing focused entrepreneur has a big issue with scarcity and money, but it's because of their own story and limitation because they just want to help. I don't care about the money. I don't even care about the money. I was like, quit saying that. You can't help people if you don't allow them to pay you money because we live in the material world and that's the rule of the world. Money rules the world. And if you deny that, you'd have a disappointing life. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, I challenge anyone who's listening to this. If money's not important, I want you to grab your purse or your wallet and leave your house right now and go out for the day and tell me what you got done without money. Mm-hmm. From getting in your car, paying your insurance, putting the gas, buying food, helping someone along the way, like get over it. Mm-hmm. It's a belief system issue, mostly from religion and from your family and friends, dog and rich people. I feel like I just had a tangent. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you keep you here for hours. Oh my God. (laughs) I just want to hear about it all. This is incredible. And, you know, the fact that we don't think about this enough and we're not aware of this enough. And then we're wondering why we're struggling so much. Right. 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 But it's, it's Mm -hmm. sort of unfair, right? You're Mm -hmm. not really taught. You're not really taught to think about it or to know it, you Mm -hmm. know, and luckily there are business owners like myself who, who want to help change so that we can get more help in the world. Because listen, if you're a healing focused entrepreneur, just so you know, there are very rich people out there who need your service and they got the money and they're willing to pay you. But because you're focused on people won't pay and they don't want, and they're not committed and did it, 
you focus on the wrong people. You got to get some mindset coaching. You got to get some business training. You've got to clean up your own stuff so that you can be seen as a professional so that they trust you. It matters. I promise you it matters. Mm -hmm. There's so many amazing energy healers and body workers and coaches and functional pharmacists and, you know, these doctrine degrees who've chosen to step out of the medical world and into the client advocacy world. But they got to learn how to make money because they're no longer clocking into the pharmacy or to the hospital. And they're not, they have to learn how to receive that for themselves. And it's not easy. It is not easy. I mean, we have doctors who are making hundreds of thousands of dollars and have a hard time representing themselves online and charging a hundred dollars. Massage therapists working harder than almost anyone else and being underpaid, overworked, and people don't show up for their appointments. That's all on you. You got to get that cleaned up so you won't be a match to that anymore. We teach massage therapists how to first make $5,000 stable every single month, and then we moved them into six figures. And we've got a very unique process that takes them directly there. And same thing with coaches, mm-hmm. but it does, t- it does require some investing in yourself. Yeah. But I mean, for you to realize that you want to move past what you have, what you're carrying, I think that's, it's so boring to stay stuck. (laughs) That's my motivation. I'm like, I am so selfish. (laughs) I do all of this because it feels good to me. (laughs) My greatest fear is to be bored more than being broke. Oh my God. (laughs) And that that's keeps you going too. And it's just so incredible. And I'm like still in awe from just all you just shared with us. It's it's fascinating. And it's sad too that more people aren't there. It's actually I've I'm able to I've gotten on the other side of it. So we got a 28% suicide rate where I live. So one third of our people die by their own hand. And so I was on a mission to like stop suicide. They need to know they don't have the choice. Like I was, it was heavy. It was really, really heavy. And then I realized like every soul has its choice on what lesson they've come to learn, to leave, to impact others. And so I was able to release from that. So I actually don't have so much of the sadness anymore. It was, it was a big driving force for me. I remember thinking when I make a million dollars, I'm going to build a retreat center and I'm going to take in women who have been abused and haven't, you know, I mean, I had this big story of what I needed to do. And it was hard because you're always pushing for someone else to make the change in order to make it work. And so I've been liberated from that and it's been a game changer. I'm able to help way more people do way bigger things. Wow. That's amazing. And you're you're amazing. I just want to say that. <laughs> like, Except. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Aren't we all? Anyone who's got the nerve to be a business owner is amazing. I'm just going to say that because mm-hmm. it's not easy. It's not easy. You got to face all of your challenges and you've got to put yourself in the ring. You've got to get in the arena and let people throw tomatoes at you. You've, you've got to be willing to do that. And if you're not willing to do that, you're not going to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. There's always going to be someone disagreeing. And the bigger you get, the more that disagree. I didn't know that to be true. I thought the bigger I got and the more my audience grew, the more friends I would have. Mm-hmm. Boy, was I surprised. <laughs> it's actually the same percentage. It's just bigger. 
Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So 50% of the people hate you at yeah. 500 followers, then 50% of the, the people are going to hate you at 5,000 followers. I was just like blown away by that. I really thought the older I got, the more friends I would have because I learned how to communicate and be open. And like, I, I was like, I'm going to have richer, better relationships. Mm-hmm. Turns out it's not true. Wow. Thank you that for that. Surprised me. <laughs> yeah, that surprised me. And having more money is not going to make your problems smaller either. It's going to make your problems bigger. So you're still going to have the same challenges that you have at $50,000 as mm-hmm. at $500,000. Is that crazy? That's crazy. I was like, they lying. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way, but it's true. <laughs> it is true. Like, Damn it. <laughs> I know. Right. That was like such a heartbreak for me, <laughs> but there's something about the growth and the understanding of that, that helps you. It's, it's the liberation. It's the liberation that you, because once you can get to liberation, then you, I will never say, I don't care what other people think. That is a flat out lie. I'm super sensitive. I care deeply. I love hard. And mm-hmm. so saying that is untrue, mm-hmm. but you will get to a point to where not doing this hurts more than pleasing someone who doesn't understand. Mm. And, and that's what you got to weigh out. So it's not so much that they dislike me as much as they disagree where I've gotten to and what my understanding is now. They just haven't seen it yet. So they can't agree with it. It doesn't mean they're against me or they dislike me. It means that like, I think wrong for the other to be right, but they're not there yet. Cause yeah. there was a time where I thought I had to be right because I was protecting someone too. I just don't believe that anymore, but I have sensitivity when someone else is there. Like, I don't put them down or think that's a terrible thing. I think it's a phase, just like victim mentality. Thank God they see they're a victim because that's the first step to growth. Mm -hmm. So instead of like throwing them away, cutting them away because they are, it's like, oh, it's recognizing what part of the journey that they're on in their relationship with themselves. Like I say that, that's so fascinating. And I I love that you just mentioned that too, because- it's sometimes difficult with a person like that, but if you can understand, they recognize that they're at that level, then you're like, okay, you know. They're really looking for the help and asking for it, but they don't have the awareness. So how can you blame them? It's like, mm. what what is the the sin thing about, like, you can't be, um, you can't be blamed or imprisoned for the thing you didn't know you did wrong. You know, it's like, how would, you know, one of the things I say to myself so often is, but how would they know? You know that TikTok and it does, they'll never know. They won't know. And they're doing <laughs> something true. That that theme is in my head, but it says, but how would they know? How would they know? I have so much compassion. I could cry at how much compassion I have to have myself for myself about how damn dumb I was. I swear I didn't know. And I mean, I'm a force to be reckoned with. So when I believed something was right, I went all the way. And now I'm like, you were such a dumbass. Like, <laughs> but I, how would I have known that I was harming or hurting or dis? How would I have known? And until I could have that compassion for myself, I couldn't have it for someone else. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's so true. I really didn't. I mean, I always did the best I could and that wasn't always good enough. You know, Mm -hmm. it comes out the wrong way. I'm, I'm sure just what I'm saying today. I mean, I don't think about this stuff. It just comes out, but there's somebody who's looking at it from a different perception that will take wounding from it. Mm -hmm. 
It's just how it is. It's because we see through different lenses and what I'm saying will be taken out of context because of the context that they're in. And that is not intentional. It is not my intention to put anyone down, to hurt anyone or to ever say that someone's not good enough or not where they need to be. It's never that way. But because of our own experience and understanding, it's what we hear. Mm. That It's like a projection reflection field. And it's, it's like a battle, an energetic battle. Absolutely. And it's what we recognize too. And what you were saying with the triggers, it will, it's what will trigger us too if we're not at that level that you are or, or in that space. Oh, I get triggered. And <laughs> I have to apologize. I get triggered. I do. Because I'm, I have such an urgency like for my people who are like, and I want them to get past it quicker than they sometimes can. Mm. And I am triggered when someone goes into to like paralysis or freeze mode. I'm triggered because I'm like, I want to shake them up. I want like, come on, come on. I'm waiting. Like, like and so I have triggers. I, I have five kids and 12 grandbabies. I have triggers. <laughs> I promise you. I have a husband of 34 years. I live in a community that, well, we now have a coffee shop. So I have to quit saying we don't have a coffee shop. We don't have a Starbucks for an hour drive <laughs> um, or a mall. Um, but it, I, I am impatient about a lot of things. I feel, you know, when I feel limited, mm-hmm. I, I, I react as if I'm trapped mm-hmm. and I think things are going too slow. I react from, um, from fear of boredom. And so, so I do, I have trigger. I still, we never stopped ending this work never stops. Mm-hmm. We just go for bigger things and then we got bigger triggers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for, for having me on. Hope it wasn't too much rambling. Uh, No, I'm so glad that I was able to get you on here, but do let us know where people can find you, where they can work with you, where they can find out about your community. So my podcast and Facebook community is called more than mindset. It is not more than a mindset, by the way, I changed the name today. So it wouldn't be confusing more than mindset mind body coaches massage therapists and healers it says that now on the on the tag that is my podcast i have a free facebook group i do have a book called the punchline approach because i believe let's just get right to the point Mm -hmm. that is on amazon and my website is my name kimgillery.com where my podcast is hosted and all of the programs that we offer perfect yeah it was a great conversation although i feel like i did most of the talking (laughs) that's the point Kim (laughs) well and to all the listeners all the notes and links will be on the show notes so make sure you check that out so you can check out Kim and and her work and to everyone we'll, we'll see you next week thank you bye today's episode was sponsored by my create daily joy course on Udemy where you'll learn all the tools in order to create a happier you And if you need any help with tracking your happiness, then definitely check out my new happiness tracker, which you can use either as a printable or as a digital product on your iPad and or tablet. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave me a review so that other people can also find this podcast. Thank you so much and have a lovely day.